Welcome to the PVYA Orthodox Youth Podcast. We're here at St. Herman's Conference in Vineland, New Jersey. My name is Sasha Trubetskoy, and I'm here with Michael, who is a Roman Catholic convert to Orthodoxy and a former military uh, infantry officer. Is that is that a good description? <laughs> yeah, I think that sums it up pretty, pretty well. Sure. So... Uh, could you say something maybe about your background, um, what you did kind of before converting to orthodoxy and your story a little bit? Sure. Uh, so I was raised a pretty devout Roman Catholic from the beginning. My father Mm -hmm. was a very devout Roman Catholic, at least in the last five years or so of his life. He was a Mm -hmm. part of a couple of Catholic fraternal organizations that might be unfamiliar to most of your Orthodox, our Orthodox audience. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but he would go and visit the sick and dying. He would pray with them. He would go to uh, daily Catholic mass. And during the first wow. year of my life, which was the last of his, mm-hmm. he would actually take me to the Catholic liturgy every single day Interesting. as an infant, which I think every, was... Every day. Wow. Yes, yeah. every yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, or at least I've been told I don't actually well, remember this. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, it was to liturgy. And then I think we went to a bakery, and then I think we went to visit his mother. Sure. So that was kind of the yeah. order of the day. Because is, just... is liturgy the term that's used by Catholics? I'm actually not super familiar. They don't usually use divine liturgy, I okay. don't think. Usually we Catholics would say mass. Right, right. But it is liturgical liturgy, yes. Sure, okay. So I had yeah. that kind of foundation laid for me by my father, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was significant because... What is impressed upon you when you're that young, I think, does stick with you. So I developed at a very young age a love of liturgical worship specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even after that, after my father would die and I wouldn't have his guidance throughout the rest of my childhood, Mm -hmm. I was still very involved in the Catholic Church. You know, I was serving on the altar around the age of nine. I came up with this idea in my mind. Uh, that I would want to be a priest one day, a Catholic priest at the time, obviously, given that I was in the Catholic church and all that that entailed. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, though, when I look back, I did have some habits which are kind of standard in orthodoxy, Uh but aren't necessarily... personal habits, right? Personal habits, yeah. yeah. Like when I look back at how I set up my room, in Catholicism, for example, iconography uh-huh. is not as central as it is in Orthodoxy. Right, right. But there are artistic representations of mm-hmm. the Lord, of uh, the Theotokos, of St. Michael the Archangel, for example. Right. And I look back kind of the organization of where I would pray. Yeah. And it sort of re- resembles a prayer corner in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, like I an icon s- corner. Or, yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I've seen kind of my overall impression is that there are many Catholics who I feel like are increasingly sort of adopting a, a more Eastern or even like Orthodox, you know, they, they might have some icons in their house or even Byzantine style icons. I feel like I've just seen that. It's it's interesting to, to kind of observe. I don't know if that's yeah, something I, you've noticed. I have. And even the introduction of the Jesus prayer. I started to say hmm. the Jesus prayer yeah. Uh, while I was still a Catholic. Sure, sure. Uh, even though I knew that it was a part of Orthodox spirituality, mm. I looked at it on its surface and I yeah. thought, well, it sounds pretty right to me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah, yeah. Right? That seems yeah. like a proper prayer that I can pray. It is. And, yeah. and say say to myself. Yeah. Um, 
so you, I mean, so you had it coming, I guess. I mean, now in hindsight, you can now look back and say there were all these maybe uh, little signs and things that led you a certain way, right? There definitely were. I would say that uh, there were some obstacles to that. Uh, so I, I had mm-hmm. that background. I wanted to be a priest. Okay. I was going to, you know, serve on the altar as much as I could, the, the Catholic altar. Yeah. Um, going to these sort of prayer hours and things that we would have. And I had a pretty rigorous self-imposed, really not through the guidance of the church or a mm. spiritual father, mm. uh, rule of prayer that I had kind of pieced together from reading lives of saints or Catholic, uh, mm. quote, mystics who aren't actually saints or we wouldn't consider sure, saints. Sure, not canonized or official. Right. But yeah. I, I kind of put together, you know, I had a Psalter, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, I learned about the divine hours, sort of the rule of St. Benedict, the, you know, mm. Gregorian, these different things. Sure. And uh, sure. I'd pray in the morning, I'd pray in the evening. In the background of that, yeah. uh, my mother was also very sick. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, she was... Your father had passed away at this point. Right. He died yeah. when I was one. Yeah. yeah. And then from maybe 10 onward, my mother was having a real struggle with uh, drinking. My mm-hmm. father had died of liver cancer. Wow, yeah. Mostly because of the way he had lived his life sure. until he decided to repent mm-hmm. in the best way that he knew how and become a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I don't think my mother ever recovered from the loss of my father. Yeah. She yeah. really, really loved him. Yeah. And she also had, you know, that predisposition from an earlier way of life towards drinking and these other things. Sure, and yeah. That so, would, uh, so she was struggling, right? And right, yeah, sorry, so that ahead. would, yeah. yeah. I mean, just to not, I mean, because I, I do want to get to the the point of fasting, mental discipline, these other things. No, no, I, yeah, but it's, it, it's very important. I mean, I'm curious about your story as well on a personal level, right? Yeah, it informs it to an extent. Yeah, um, she would succumb to that when I was about sure. 14 years old, so yeah. she died of liver failure. Okay, wow. Um, so right around that age where you know you're going into high school it's a very tough age i mean i yeah i know many people who have had difficult circumstances in that age range and i feel like it's just such a vulnerable time um you know so it can be definitely and i would say after that that sort of trajectory that i had in terms of my relationship with god Mm -hmm. at least in the catholic church was greatly damaged and it wasn't necessarily because I felt an antagonist, an antagonism towards the Lord um, sure. okay. for what had happened. It was just that gradually I was seduced away from the practice of my religion and mm-hmm. from the practice of my prayer life. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, I, you know, in high school, right. I began to, I no longer had actually the high level of stress that I had had mm, okay. when I was living in my old environment. I want to sure. live with other family members. Sure. And uh, and things were objectively in some ways easier, interestingly enough. Things right. became easier. Life at home was a little more stable. It was maybe. stable. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to make the same decisions that I had to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Growing up in that other environment, I didn't have the same dangers, the same cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, right. where I had been, there was heavy alcohol use, heavy drug use. People, right, you know, not a good environment. Right, needless you would, to say, you wouldn't want to raise a child in that environment. Absolutely, yeah. In my opinion, right, right. But there was also a lot of grace, in my opinion, 
that well, God was yes I because I I've made it kind of across the threshold into the Orthodox Church. Sure. When I look back, I do kind of see this as God reaching out to me mm. in a way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and leading me towards Himself. And I was trying yeah. to respond to that in the best way that I knew how to that point. Mm-hmm. When I got into high school, I started to play sports. I started to become uh, more academically involved. It was very much so stressed to me to do do well academically, perform well ac- academically. For the first time in my life, the idea of going to college was introduced to me. And I remember I told uh, one of my family members at the time, I'm not going to college. Oh, wow. I wanted to be an actor or a musical artist at the time, interestingly wow. enough. Wow, okay. Um, yeah. And I had done some acting and things when I was a kid and I had this idea in my mind. Interesting. Very um, different from the kind of the original aspiration the priesthood? of the priesthood. Right. The well, priesthood. Yeah, I actually, I acted in a, an independent film and they were interviewing me afterwards and they yeah. said, what do you want to do next in your career? You know, mm-hmm. you can open up these different doors. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling the interviewer, I think God wants me to be a priest. Hmm. Which probably wasn't the best thing to say <laughs> if I wanted to. I'm assuming this is a secular environment. Right. It's a very not, secular environment. It doesn't they, necessarily understand things like that. They kind of squinted their eyes and looked at me. <laughs> Especially the, the acting, performing scene, I think, is very oh yeah, far from, let's say, the church, right? It can be. <laughs> sure. And it often is. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it definitely it wasn't that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. being presented. Right. But... Uh, I mean, the other thing, too, is I was just starting to come of age, too. And I was like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. I started playing football. I, I was very undersized for football. Sure. I don't want to make it sound like I was some sort of tremendous athlete. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't. But I was starting to lift and things. And, sure, yeah. Uh, but then I was introduced to, to different ideas and habits of life uh, mm-hmm. by the folks on my team mm-hmm. um, that would become tremendously destructive to my relationship with God. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. In, in a so way. you mean because I my first thought was you I thought you meant like physical fitness habits or something. No, You're I mean talking about they introduced personal... me to lifting, but you know also introduced me to other ideas. I, I sure. don't know the audience of your podcast, but right. um, uh, things Just, yeah general. I mean this is you know younger Orthodox Christian audience. Uh, yeah, I mean you know. what I was introduced to was the idea of pornography. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sure. No, that's, a, um, I mean, that is a big deal that is, I think, I think an elephant in the room for a lot of people. It's not really, you know, well, discussed because it's a bit of a taboo subject, but. It's a taboo know. subject on the one hand, but right. then on the other hand, I know from my interactions with other young men, mm-hmm. and I'm sure within the church it is known, mm-hmm. probably specifically by priests, how much of a problem that is. Sure. That's with right. It, yeah. Within our society. Right. right. Um, it's endemic. Yeah. And. If you begin that, you know, down that road of, of that kind of sin, mm-hmm. you eventually begin to lose the ability to pray. You're obviously not living in a state of repentance. Right. And I had the wherewithal from the background that I had as a devout Catholic from praying. I knew what right was. Mm-hmm. I knew what I should be pursuing or doing. And I couldn't reconcile those two things in my mind. And so like a lot of young men in this society... Mm-hmm. I just tried to ignore it. I tried to throw myself yeah. into yeah. secular accomplishment. Right. You know, I'm going right. to try to be at the top of my class academically. I'm going to try to be my class president. I'm going to try to be the captain of the sports team. Or, mm-hmm. um, 
And outwardly, I achieved uh, all those things, basically. Sure, yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because, I mean, there's nothing wrong with success and worldly achievement. It no. Just, but if it's, I feel like if it's propelled by this, I mean, it sounds like it's just a, it's, it's probably not for the right reasons, I guess. I don't know if it's not for the right reasons. I definitely thought that that was kind of the telos in a way like well, the maybe end it point was of, maybe it was saving or at least distracting you from you know the struggle that you had or underneath of it there was no relationship with god okay and yeah. that that's what i'm getting at is right. that even though i wasn't orthodox i think mm -hmm. that probably a lot of people in the orthodox audience can relate to this mm -hmm. is that even if everything else was going tremendously right in my life and it really was for the first time since ever my whole life yeah right i'm yeah. this college is accepting me you mm -hmm. know people are I'm, I'm a popular person all these other things yeah but in my heart mm -hmm. specifically myself but i think this is a common experience to all of us uh without that relationship with god in the midst of that estrangement from the lord there was an underlying unhappiness yeah um, oh, yeah. that just couldn't be fulfilled by anything other than repentance and Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I didn't, I sort of realized that in the back of my mind, even at the time, I knew that I had grown up with enough faith and enough background in the church or the, the Catholic church yeah. to know, to know that, to know yeah. that that was yeah. what was lacking. Yeah. But I became so caught in different, in sinfulness mm -hmm. that I couldn't, recapitulate myself through repentance to christ yeah um so fast forward a little bit not to belabor this but sure i went to college sure where'd you, you know, go uh, harvard there you go so yeah worldly achievement um and what'd you do at harvard well um uh, to an extent more of the same in yeah. the sense that once you get more power or you have more power in quotation marks mm -hmm. As far as being a college student was, being there, I guess, as far as colleges go, uh, put me into a certain position in a way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't use that opportunity to pursue uh, Christ. Now, I tried. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely tried. Sure. I went to college. I started going to parties. Mm -hmm. um, started drinking, although that wasn't as problematic. It wasn't sure. like... Sure. Yeah. Um, I was really drinking to an excess. Right. right. Um, but, you know, then I... Engaging I start, in all the classic right, all behaviors the that, that you that do, you do freshman year and so on, right? You're all but of a sudden freshman exposed. Freshman year becomes sophomore year, sophomore year, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Started dating various girls, mm -hmm. started downloading mm -hmm. dating apps and things and sure. using these things and yeah, uh, just getting pulled more and more into a very sinful way of life Yeah. Uh, to the point that it, I couldn't see clearly mm -hmm. so i did actually try to get involved with christianity again i did you made a conscious effort because uh it sounds like you you felt like there there was an unhappiness still it, it wasn't just an unhappiness it was also the knowledge too uh -huh. that it was twofold it was one i knew that if i died yeah that day i would go to hell mm -hmm. i knew it as a fact yeah I couldn't avoid that. That fact. had already been imparted on you just through your childhood and right. Earlier, I was not an that. atheist. Right. 
There was no way I could be. I knew that Jesus see, Christ yeah, is see, the Lord. You never had an atheist phase or moment or... I tried to in college. Oh, you tried to? Yes. So huh. my freshman year, um, I still haven't kind of gone, fallen into certain sinfulness. I haven't, right. I'm not dating anybody or any of these things yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm moving in that direction, sure. definitely. Sure. I'm trying to re-involve myself too with theater and art and dance and all these mm-hmm. other things um, that I hadn't done in, in many years. And obviously that's a very permissive environment. Yeah. I'm being introduced to a lot of different ideas that are becoming more and more accepted in the mainstream of society now. Right. But at the time we're kind of at the edges of, of mainstream thought that I just thought, well, that's yeah. Kind of, I never considered that idea. That seems a little bit strange Odd. to me. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but yeah. well, and, and but it's like the and the type of people that are at Harvard, um, it's sort of like, I mean, I I went to the University of Chicago. I, I a lot of the people that I went to school with were like from private school or very wealthy background or some sort of elite, and it's like I didn't feel very much at home there just personally. And it, I, I'm wondering if that because you know, it, it I think it would be different maybe if you had gone to you know, a state school, let's say with, with normal people. I don't know. Uh, do, do you feel any of that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, I did start to feel a little bit alienated. It's a, spe- I mean, it's a special crowd. I mean, and also in terms of like their, their morals and their values and things like that. Right. Yes. I mean, I, I do think that college, I mean, I didn't go to any other college, right. But from what I gather from friends and from observation, that kind of general permissiveness, hedonism, sinfulness, yeah. uh, and the, indoctrination into thinking that this way of life uh, is a good thing mm-hmm. seems to be prob- a problem that's faced across the university structure at least in this country oh interesting yeah but yeah i mean there was definitely a sense of competitiveness i i'm naturally yeah. very very competitive yeah and when i saw people who came you know they did come some of them came from very very extreme wealth or wherever they had come from. Right. I did feel a certain competitiveness. I thought, okay, well, like we have a fraternity system at, at sure, the school. Sure. Um, different people get accepted into them, but right. generally they're very, very exclusive. And that's where all the girls go. And that's mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. all the parties are. Not all of them, but generally. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the, defines a social scene to some it extent. It defines a social yeah. scene to an extent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I did eventually get possessed by the idea of, oh, well, if I want to facilitate a similar kind of lifestyle or to be mm-hmm. able to compete, mm-hmm. I should try to make money. I should try to involve myself in mm-hmm. business endeavors mm-hmm. and I see. other things. So, I mean, it was a uh, looking back. Yeah. College did not benefit really. It didn't really benefit my salvation. Um, yeah. I, I can agree with, to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it was an interesting experience. I mean, having a degree from there, can open doors for me. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. I mean, uh, in but, terms of certain organizations and things like that. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. But I did try to become a Catholic again. Back okay. to the, the kind of arc of salvation yeah. is uh, yeah. I went actually, I wanted to conquer these, these various sins. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to go live with a religious order mm-hmm. in the south of France, Catholic religious oh, order. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, this, think, is, this is like during college Between freshman still? and sophomore oh, year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
and um, they were more traditionally minded, celebrating like older Latin liturgies. Yeah, um, traditional Latin uh, mass. Right. Yeah. Um, keeping the prayers of the church, the hours of the church, and and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I still failed. I still failed. <laughs> I still failed at this uh, this pursuit. Yeah. And so I left there. Right. And I left there very embittered. And then my because I I had made a real effort to try to recapitulate myself to God, or at least I thought I did. Sure. At well, you time. you clearly did. So, you made a concerted effort. I mean, you. I was I was moving in that direction. Like, yeah. Right. But yeah. the the repentance in the heart and the humility that it would take to eventually sure. go back towards the Lord. Mm-hmm. That um, I mean, we say in our morning prayers. At least I use the Jordanville prayer book. Mm-hmm. Uh, a heart that is broken and humbled, God will not despise. From yeah. Psalm, I think fifty, and that's true. And at the time. Even though I wanted to get back to God, I still wanted to get back to God kind of on my own terms. I still had this, I mean, I was a tremendously proud person. And uh, every, yeah. everything yeah. in my life was supporting that idea. You were very successful in, in that, you know, narrow definition of success. In that narrow, yeah. yeah. In, in the things that I was pursuing. But you can get caught up in that for sure. I mean, I, definitely. I can see that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You definitely can. And. I returned, and that's when I tried to have my atheistic moment. Okay. Uh, I got really involved in philosophy. I moved Uh, into the social studies department because I was still very dissatisfied with the idea. I thought, well, you know what? Maybe there is no God. I didn't really think that, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want there to be. You entertained the idea from a philosophical standpoint. I entertained the idea philosophically because if there, and there is a God, we know this, right? But <laughs> if I acknowledged this, the pain of acknowledging my damnation mm. that I knew would occur because of the way that I was living my life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the psychological concept of cognitive dissonance or whatever, yeah. I couldn't really face yeah. that. Yeah. I got to a For point sure. where I I was sort of spiritually exhausted in a way from trying and failing at oh. this endeavor. Yeah. Uh, and so I tried to just move away from it. Well, so, so yeah, so but, you go through that college experience, right? And then, yeah. um, I guess, do you go straight into the military? Um, how does that how Basically, does that yeah. So, I mean, when I was in college, I, I tried my hand at business with a, a buddy of mine. Sure, yeah. Um, I personally didn't really succeed in that mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah. Um, different things i actually competed yeah. on the television show american ninja warrior oh really you've been on that show yeah by the time i got out of harvard i wasn't an atheist but i was practicing meditation oh interesting um yeah i became a, a freemason i went through those initiations. wow yeah i went through those initiations okay. and things yeah. so my desire for spirituality was still there yeah but yeah. my desire to continue to live as i wanted to within my the context of sinfulness yeah. was also there right so i thought well maybe i can have some detente between these things and i can i mean now we're just getting into demonic delusion is what i would call it demonic delusion and deception oh i yeah. can meditate sure these meditations, these uh, Hindu meditations and things, people oh, yeah. try to treat them like they're a harmless thing. And Father Seraphim Rose actually- that, I was just going to mention, He right? also brings this up in his uh, book, uh, I think, Orthodoxy in the Religion Re- of the Future. Yeah, the Hindu yeah, aspect right. of it. Yeah. It's very deceptive. It's right. very deceptive and it's demonic. It when is, I yeah. describe some of my experiences in these meditations and other things, 
to an Orthodox priest, mm -hmm. or even when I read about it, and I read about the experience of people who are coming under the influence of, of the demonic, I can relate to that. Yeah. I can oh, actually yeah. relate to that um, yeah. Yeah. when you open yourself up to those influences. So I was very, very, very lost. Mm -hmm. I got out of college and I had had the idea to go into the military even at towards late high school. Mm -hmm. I had a mentor, a track coach who had been a ranger, um, a ranger qualified. He was in the 82nd right. and right. he influenced a lot of us to kind of move in that direction. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I wanted to go to college first or I... Okay, so, so you actually already knew about the Rangers and had already maybe had that idea of... Basically. Yeah, I, I applied uh, to West Point, actually. Okay, as one it of your was, schools. Yeah. It was under uh, the influence of my family that I decided to table that because it was oh. put, the idea was put into my mind. Huh. Um, they convinced you not to go to West Point? Right. To, I mean, it's, it's not like that whatever. offer was on the table, but to not sure, continue sure. to pursue that avenue, sure. I, I'm pretty confident I probably would have been admitted. Sure. But... Um, and, and the idea there was just, and it was placed very logically by one of my closest family members, was mm -hmm. if you want to do the military thing, if that's really what you want to do, and you still want to do it four years from now when you're finished with your college education, mm -hmm. if you graduate from, I hadn't applied to these places yet, but if right. you graduate from somewhere like Harvard or Princeton or whatever, mm -hmm. the military, you know, they're going to welcome sure. you with open arms they will as long take as you. you're fit. Absolutely. You'll be able to go in and do that, but why don't you go to a less focused college, like one of these high-level institutions. Right, more liberal arts. Right, and try on different hats. Like okay. maybe yeah. you want to be a doctor. You don't even know. You haven't even looked at these other possibilities of life. It might be, that might be not, you know, the worst advice. I mean, it, it, it's it's a little bit kind of chaotic in a I, way. Yeah, right. But, I but mean, it, yeah. that's sort of reflected in our society too, the idea of optionality. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, right? That's right. It, I want to have endless options. And no commitment at the expense of everything else, yeah, right? For sure, <laughs> options versus commitments. Yeah, uh, yeah something I yeah. I think about. I've even been thinking about today. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it's like I feel like optionality. That particular word. I, I, it's if, if you're familiar with like like Silicon Valley type of people, people who try to like optimize their life in quotation marks. Yes, um, it's like that's a word that they constantly emphasize. I guess because to to try to see it maybe from their perspective, if you have options. Uh, it, it's like VC investing, right? You, you invest in a hundred company, a hundred startups, uh, all 99 of them fail, but one of them succeeds wildly. And then you get a net profit, right? Right. So, so in that mindset, it's like, ah, I need to always have a hundred options, but that doesn't work. I think in, in life. Not, I mean, maybe in venture capital it works, but in <laughs> action, right, in life decisions, <laughs> it it's not a good way of thinking about it. And so after, after officer school, you, you go into, infantry you went training. into infantry training. Right. right. Okay. I went into the infantry school. Yeah. And that was a real challenge because okay. that's when officer candidate school is really for anybody who kind of walks out of college and wants to be an officer. Right. The infantry school is where you're introduced to the idea of the infantry. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to live in the field for extended amounts of time. You're right. not going to sleep. Mm -hmm. You're going to be extremely uncomfortable. Yep. You're going to clean this weapon. Yeah. I mean, you're going to clean a machine gun for, or a squad automatic weapon, you know, sure. there are more technical terms, but sure. a for, for your audience, you're going to clean a machine gun right. for the next eight hours. And every time <laughs> that you present it to the sergeant, it's, it's yeah. somehow he finds dirt on it. Right. And wow. you're going to clean it again. I mean, that's like something out of, a, I don't know, a movie or something, right? You just... And to an extent, yeah. 
It was in, in right. certain aspects of the experience. But the purpose of that was was specifically to stress and and give you discomfort yes. mentally as yes. well. Yes, right? because so much of, uh, you know, once I actually got out to a line unit and as I progressed in my military career, brief yeah. as it was, yeah. so much of it is just being comfortable with uh, suffering. Yeah, really. so, so so let's bring it to orthodoxy. So yes. so where does the orthodoxy come in? Actually, are you thinking about orthodoxy at this point already or not yet? No, I'm okay. still, I'm in the infantry school. I'm going through yeah. these and I'm just waiting for it to be Friday or Saturday <laughs> to go down to Columbus or Auburn, these other places right, right, right. to try to continue to be a college student, basically. Um, sure. I'm still living in that way, but I'm starting you mean, to see... You mean to, to, to go to town, to leave the base or, or to the To leave area, base, go to town, go to the just, bar, just you know, I'm fun, 23, drink, that kind of stuff. Have a good time, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's antithetical, actually, to your success okay. within the organization of the infantry. Now, yeah. a lot of guys in the military, that is how they live, hmm. right? They right. have this balance between you're in the field for a week or two, right. you're living under a tree or whatever. Work hard, play And hard. now I get out and man, I'm going down to the bar and I'm <laughs> hanging out with the guys or whatever. You know, that's sure. That's no, I, I, yeah, I've heard some stories. It's like, you know, a, a bunch of sailors come in and, and you know, the, the, the town is just emptied of all its, uh, you know, liquor or whatever. I mean, right. potentially exact, but I mean, that type of behavior. You know, and, you and you can get into this idea that's very destructive too, that you deserve it, that you deserve to have fun after having oh, suffered. Oh, I see, I because see. Because you haven't, you, you paid uh, you for still, it. Well, you still have this idea yeah. in this society without orthodoxy. I mean, we're yeah. getting into fasting and that idea mm -hmm. of self-denial and asceticism, purposeful yeah. self-denial, purposeful asceticism. Discipline. For, right. Discipline, yeah. but discipline towards salvation sure. and with the help sure. of God. When you don't really have that in this society, even if you work really hard, whether that's in the military mm -hmm. or you're the kind of a guy who is really committed to business or his or studies or whatever it is you're mm -hmm. getting after it you're working hard mm -hmm. you're 70 80 hours a week yeah. there's still this idea that the recompense for that work is in this world that it's the asceticism is instrumental towards some delayed gratification yeah, if i work right. this hard some people can extend I get it to right. do some, yeah, maybe it, hang out or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that's kind of yeah. built into this society, it you is, know, for is, a generation totally. before us, it was, if I work really hard for 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. I will be able to retire and play golf. Yeah. Whatever. The idea of retirement always seems strange to me, right? It's like, it's like you're working so that you cannot work, but then it's like, are you just suffering for 40 years? Like in hopes that you can just relax like it just seems it's weird to me yeah it's know. almost like a subversion yeah. and distraction from the actual work of of working out it's like you're doing meaningless things that you don't think are contributing to your salvation or life purpose in hopes of like this carrot on a stick that of like i i can go and play golf in florida or something when i'm, when I'm <laughs> sure, sure sure like i don't know it's just it's right like, and that's never and very and compelling that's a common for me thing, but yeah i didn't find that scheme of life very compelling of course, i mean yeah. leading up to my baptism last year mm -hmm. i stopped going to the gym which is interesting i'm oh. not necessarily advising that no but, it's just personal experience but I for mean, me yeah. personally the gym was still uh this kind of attachment that i had to looking a certain way to performing a wow, certain way interesting. so you saw that in yourself and you saw okay mate, let's try it See if we can just during this great Lent. I mean, I'm living adjacent to a monastery. I'm preparing for baptism, <laughs> sure. and I kind of this already, is up in Jordanville. This is up Holy in Jordanville, right? A Holy Trinity monastery, and I kind of have that mentality anyway. Um, that is is more prone towards these kind of um, 
very deliberate or uh, extreme actions in sure, a sense, sure. right? Like I want to go all the way or, or whatever in, in this endeavor. And this is common, I think. It, it, it's uh, right. yeah, something something we see. And it's I guess it's reflective of just the strong desire to really change your life, right? Yeah, the strong desire to change my life, to live in this spirit of repentance and to prepare for baptism within the church mm-hmm. um, and kind of the pruning away. I mean, great yeah. Lent. The other thing too, the benefit of being near to Jordanville, the mm-hmm. first week of great Lent, has a tremendous length and number and beauty of services to prepare people for Great Lent. And so after attending those services, it was definitely impressed, not just into my mind, but into my my being. Going back to how orthodoxy is a, um, it's a faith that reflects the, all levels to, it's of the totality of the existence of a human person, right? right. God right. didn't make us to in, purely intellectualize. We're not about limited things. to reason, which is yeah, that's kind of the right. critique of the Western School style of thinking, right? Yeah. Uh, and right. This, and the yeah, I mean, without getting <laughs> going into that whole philosophical, <laughs> we could, trend, uh, yeah, we could we could talk at length about that. But you, you and uh, Luke, I'll get you guys both on. <laughs> oh, you can go for it, but right, um, but I mean that exists there, yeah. And, Orthodoxy is it's a it's a faith that reflects the totality of um, what, what God what God has created. You yeah. know that 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 we exist in these in these multiple uh, facets basically, yeah. and yeah. and those things are linked. And um, you know after that week of services going into mm-hmm. Great Lent, uh, I, I necessarily I did want to let go of certain. Michael, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Yeah, glory to God. I appreciate it. <laughs>